This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Based on a survey, over 100,000 people were recently surveyed asking, what topic would you like to hear discussed in a sermon? Well, based on the response of that survey, I will be taking the month of September and answering some of those questions, addressing some of those topics, dealing with what us, the public, want to hear. And this first Sunday of the month, my my subtopic is going to resonate with every single one of us in this room. There's no one here today that this sermon can't help because we all feel this same problem in life. So much so that somebody wrote a song about it. Here it is. Wish we could turn back time to the good old days when the mama sang us to sleep but now we're stressed out. Wish we could turn back time You know it. To the good old days when the mama sang us to sleep but now Now we're Yeah, you knew it. I didn't do that in the first service. But now we're all, one more time, now we're all, man, here's the deal. In this survey taken, out of all the responses of what what, what topic you would like to hear discussed, So many people are under stress. So today I'm gonna be hopefully giving you a few things that you can put into practice to kind of get out from under some stress. But before we can talk about what to do uh, with the stress, I wanna share with you a few things that I feel are bringing the stress on. Because until you know what's bringing the stress on, you really can't, uh, you can't really do anything about it. So it's kind of like what last Sunday's sermon was about. We're gonna deal with the why before the what. You can't deal with the what before you know why you're wanting to deal with it. So help me, Pastor Tommy, deal with my stress. So I want you to open up your heart and I want you to open up your mind and let's, let's talk about this thing that's killing so many people and it's something called stress. I'm glad that my mom and dad are in town uh, on this Sunday to hear this opening story because every now and then my dad will remember this story and he'll bring it to my attention. And I wonder if anybody else can relate. When I was just a a young kid, I'm I'm guessing maybe fifth grade, somewhere around fourth, fifth, sixth grade, there was a certain type of pair of shoes that I had to have, had to have, had to have, had to have, had to have. And where I lived in a small town in Louisiana, uh, we didn't have any stores, you know? I mean, we had... Dairy Queen, and you can't get shoes at DQ. So we had to actually go out of town to do any kind of back-to-school shopping in South Louisiana. But we ended up going to a mall, and we went to the big city of Lake Charles, Louisiana, I believe, if I have my, my memory right of what city it was, but we was in the mall. And I found the shoes I wanted, and I knew my size, but they didn't have my size, and truly, they only had one pair left and they were too small for me, but I wasn't leaving that store without them shoes. 
to the point where my dad said, son, you're just ignorant. They don't fit. They're too small for you. And I said, they're not too small. Just give me a minute. They're not too small. Son, they're not gonna be comfortable. They're gonna be comfortable. I'm getting these shoes because I'm a spoiled punk brat and I'm getting these shoes to the point where I curled my toes under. I traded my thick white tube socks in for them pantyhose slip-on deals. I was gonna get me some of them shoes. Boy, I curled my toes under. I was walking down that mall. These are, that right there is what I'm talking about. And my dad said, son, you look crazy. You're uncomfortable. I'm not uncomfortable. And then, it, you know, he tilted. Every daddy's got that tipping point. He says, well, you're going to wear them for the rest of your life. Check this out. I squeezed into those shoes. Let me tell you right now this morning, just on the very forefront of this sermon, you want me to tell you where most of our stress is coming from? We're trying to squeeze way too much into our lives. We don't have the capacity to house everything we're trying to do. But what are we? We're determined to make it work. We squeeze everything in. We squeeze in some overtime. We squeeze in 14 sports for our one child. We squeeze it in. We are masters at pulling off a 28-hour day in a 24-hour period. We squeeze it in and we force it to work. Well, most of the time, the reason our marriages are hurting, the reason our finances are hurting, and, and let me touch a tender topic for some of you, the reason your emotions are hurting your mind the reason you're on edge, the reason you're on tilt, the reason that nothing seems to be happy anymore, the reason you're stressed out is because you're trying to force too much into your life and you're walking through this life, modifying and trying your best to make it work and it's not working. So Pastor Tommy, help me with my stress. That's what we're gonna do today for the next few minutes. We're gonna try to get relieved and out from under some stress. But guess what? It's not just gonna happen. I can't just pray for you and it take place because most of the stuff that you need set free from are the stuff that you got yourself into. So only you can get yourself out of. And now everybody's saying, mmm. Yeah, that's this kind of sermon. You're gonna go, mmm. One woman after the first service, so help me God, I can't make this up. She came right down to the front and she said, mmm, man, that was hard. And I thought, that was a good sermon. (laughs) Boy, when somebody says, mmm, that's painful, that's a good sermon. Because most sermons shouldn't make you feel so good Most sermons should make you want to change. And Bishop Ron's always said it this way to me, training me and teaching me and leading me and pastoring, that my really, my ultimate job is to get people to do what they don't want to do because they need to. And today is one of those type of sermons. So let's start with this. For my wife and I and my two little girls, when we're driving around and and trying our best to... to, to, uh, 
to get through our, our lives. Oh, by the way, I've, I've already dropped the ball on something. For all of you that have your, your iPhone or, or, or any kind of smartphone, I'm trying something today. Uh, I've never done this before, but Pastor Dustin helped me pull it off. If you wanna open up your church app, Calvary FTW app, and if you don't have the app, go to your app store and search Calvary FTW, Calvary FTW. You can get the app. Inside the app in the bottom right-hand corner is speaking notes, and my sermon notes are there for you today. I know I should have done that in the very opening, and I'll do better next week because this is my first time to try this, and hopefully you'll enjoy it. Hopefully it's something that enhances the sermon time for you, and, and maybe we can just continue to do it. If it's a winner, maybe you can let me know. Hey, man, that was cool. Thanks for doing that. So Calvary FTW is the app in the bottom right-hand corner, speaking notes, and it should pop right up. So let's get back to it. That was my ADD moment for the day. My wife and I, when we're trying to uh, travel with our girls and they're feeling a little antsy and a little wired up and, 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 and got, kind of getting restless, I came up with this game. I don't even know where I got the game, but we play this game together and it's the what do you like better game? What do you like better and what I do is I'll say the words, what do you like better? And then I'll mention two different things and everybody in the car answers what they like the most out of those options. So I thought, hey man, what a great way to set this sermon up than to play the game with Calvary. And both of my girls went, dad, don't do that. No, I am gonna do it because I like the game. I'm the creator of the game. And it's a fun game. So here we go. What do you like better? And answer back. What do you like better? Hamburgers or hot dogs? Hamburgers. Don't you like this? Yeah. It's going to be fun. What do you like better? Summertime or wintertime? Summertime. See this? I mean, this is the best preaching you've ever heard. What do you like better? Morning or night? night. See that? All right, here we go. What do you like better, the blessed life or the stressed out life? Blessed life. We agree. Uh. Not everybody likes hot dogs. Some people like hamburgers. Not everybody likes summertime. They like to be cold. Not everybody likes to wake up early. They like to stay up late. But everybody will agree. If I've got to choose out of being blessed of God or stressed out, Give me the blessed life over the stressed life. Can I get a big amen? But here's where we are. We're under all this stress because we're, we're, man, we're running crazy. We're running around like chickens with our, yeah, I told you, you feel like that. You're running wild, you're running crazy, you're running empty. It's like what Job said, in your notes, you'll see the scripture. It's like what Job said. Job in chapter number nine and verse 25 in the NCV, he said that my days go by faster than a runner. My days go by faster than a runner. They fly away without my seeing any joy. Now, we've, we're, we're, we've had fun and we're gonna have fun, but you also have to get real with me this morning. So many people are in the grind of just waking up and doing it all over again. Waking up, doing it all over again. And a week goes by, six months go by, a year goes by, 
Before you know it, you're not in your 20s, you're in your 40s. You're not in your 40s, you're in your 60s. And all of a sudden you look back and it's like life went by like a runner. And it's been running so fast that you haven't even seen any joy in your life. So quick, pointless, meaningless, all bringing stress. Every single one of us in this room, I don't care what color your skin is. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're male, female. Every single one of us in this room has been given the same. We're equal. We all have 24 hours in a day. And this is what's sad. Let me give you a few things to chew on. This is what's sad. At the end of our life, the average American will eat out at a restaurant 14,411 times and 1,811 of them will be at McDonald's. Everybody go. That's how we're spending our time. We're not spending it at home around a kitchen table together. We're spending it on the fly, running through life. We'll spend 13 years and four months watching TV. Is there a 13-year-old in this service? Raise your hand if you're 13. Is there a 13? For real, I need a 13-year-old. Raise your hand. Right back there in the back. Are you 13, bro? Their entire lives represent what all of us at the end of our life would have spent sitting in front of a television. 13 years and four months will be spent watching TV. <laughs> this is one that just gets me irritated. We'll spend five years of our life waiting in line. What line? It doesn't matter. You'll be waiting in line for five years of your life. Check this one out. I don't want any of you looking and pointing and laughing at the one next to you. But at the end of our lives, we'll all average one year looking for things we've lost. Somebody just went, that's you, that's you, that's you. You'll spend a year looking for things you've lost. Most of the time, it's your mind. Here's one for you. At the end of your life, the average American would have attended 35 weddings. I've got one today at five. No joke. 35 weddings. Now, some of you are thinking, 35? No, no, no. You got to understand, this is the average. Me and Pastor Ron, we'll have 1,400. We increased the average. And here's the last one that all of us would be guilty of. At the end of our lives, we would have driven 627,000 miles. That's our lives. So when it all comes down to the end of it, we've got 13 years in front of a television. We've got five hours of waiting in line. We've got 1,800 chicken nugget meals. We've got 35 weddings just to eat a carrot with some ranch at the end of it. And we've driven 627,000 miles to get to them. That's life in a nutshell. And we're running, we're running, we're running, we're running. But here's the deal. There is a better life than the stressed out life. Everyone say a better life than a stressed out life. Let me tell you what a better life looks like. 
It's better to have less of what doesn't matter than to have more of what doesn't matter. I mean, more of what does. Let me say that again. It's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does. In other words, this is Tommy's language. Give me quality over quantity. Ecclesiastes chapter number four, verse six in the NIV says, better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. But what does our culture say? More is better. More is better. More is better. More, more, more. We are the grab generation. We want to grab everything that we can get our hands around. We want more of this. We want another car. We want another house. We want more overtime. We want more of this, more of this, more of this, more of this, which brings about stress. We think because of what our culture says that if we could just get more, our stress will decrease. But it's proven more brings more stress because more means more responsibility. And once you start upping the responsibility, it's like moving from lower management to upper management. It brings greater responsibility with greater stress. So first thing out of the chute this morning, if you're looking to lower your stress load, are you one that's always looking for more? Or might you be one that needs to start looking for less, but better? We think two is always better than one, right? Two cars better than one. Two houses would be better than one. We all, we say two wives would be. No, 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 no. That would mean stress. Someone say, just, just preach, Pastor Sam, just preach. Just, just preach, just preach. Two's not always better than one, man. This world will lie to you. Can I get an amen this morning? Here's another better life. It's better to live by design than default. Default means this. Everybody listen to me. Default means whatever happens, happens. Design means I'm going to pray and seek God and I'm going to get a vision for my life and I'm going to go make it happen. Default means, ah, if I get the job, I get the job. They know where I'm at. Default says, ah, I'll sit around and let it all come to me. No, no, no. God wants you to live in your purpose that he's created you with on purpose and create the blessed life, not the stressed life. Psalms chapter 139 and verse 16 in the NIV says it this way. All the days ordained for me. Everyone say, I have days ordained for me. All the days that ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. You have a destiny. But if you don't go for it and embrace it and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you to it, you're just gonna be like a leaf in the wind. Wherever life takes you, takes you. Whatever happens, happens. That brings stress. 
But if you'll, if you'll narrow in, if you'll scope it down, if you'll drill it down to a, a point of interest, man, you're going to bring blessings on your life. Check this out. My last one for you about this better life that brings the blessings of God. It's better to get the right things done, not more things done. Be productive, not busy. Have you noticed that everybody says the same thing? How you doing, Pastor Tommy? Oh, I'm good, man, just busy. <laughs> what you busy doing? I'm, I'm busy with busyness. But, but what are you doing? Busy. Just, I do busy. When do you do it? Any day that ends with why. I'm busy. Are you productive? Mm-mm. But boy, I'm hot, sweaty, and tired at night. A lot of people spend their life, and at the end of the day, they have nothing to show for what they've yeah. been doing. Right. They're busy. It's like all of a sudden the culture that we live in <coughs> tells us that we're going to get a trophy for being busy. It's like we should be proud to be busy. It's like you're a loser if you're not busy. You ever notice that? What you been doing? Oh, me and the kids took a walk. You and your kids took a walk. There's things to do. Yeah, I know, like be with my kids for a little while. Psst. What? How are y'all doing? Oh, you know, we, 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 we went out to eat breakfast as a family. What? There's things to do. Yeah, like eat breakfast with my family. Psst. It's like all of a sudden we're less than when we're doing less. Ladies and gentlemen, Nobody's going to get a blue ribbon and a trophy for wearing yourself out being busy without anything to show for it. Busyness is not what it's all cracked up to be. Now, don't confuse this. Productivity, production, advancing, having some corn in the crib at the end of the day, that, my friend, brings the blessings of God. But busyness with nothing to show for it, that brings stress. Because now I look at my sweat equity and there's nothing to show for it. I've worked myself silly. I've invested my time. I've invested my money. I've invested my, my skill and my talent. And I have nothing to show for it. That would stress anybody out. Yes. Let me take a time out from this sermon. This is not your notes, so bear with me. That's why it's important that you don't just go take a job, but you do your best to, you do your best to find what your purpose is in life and work your way into employment in your purpose in life because then you'll never work another day in your life. But if you're just looking for a paycheck, you're gonna look at that paycheck every week and say, what's the point? And you're gonna get stressed. So let's not look for more things to do. Let's look for the right things to do. Here's what the Bible has to say about it. Proverbs chapter number 17 and verse 24 in the Good News Bible says, an intelligent person aims at wise action. The big word is aims. What are you aiming at? Are you aiming at anything? Do you have anything you're aiming at? A wise person, an intelligent person, it aims, he or she aims at wise action, but a fool starts off in many directions. Anybody watch any college football yesterday? 
few of you did. It's football season. High school football's here. College football's here. Uh, the NFL, man, I feel bad for them. They're missing the Cowboys this year. But we're, we're, NFL's starting. They're one team less this year. Breaks my heart. We need to pray. I've never coached football. I played a little bit of football as a, as a kid, a little bit. But the position I did play was running back. And this is what all of you know. Male, female, it doesn't matter. You don't have to understand football, but you'll get this illustration. When a running back is handed the ball or tossed the ball, pitched the ball, that running back has one job, and that's to move the ball forward. In football terms, it's running north and south. You got to move the ball forward to gain ground. You never want a running back that zigzags east and west and wastes all of his time and energy and effort running east and west, looking, 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 never had made up his mind. He just wants the ball, don't know where he's going with the ball. Meanwhile, his line is trying their best to push and create a hole. But if the running back doesn't have eyes and keeping his head up and looking for the hole to advance the ball, it's, it's, it's wasting everybody's life. It's wasting everybody's time. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, You've, pitched the, you, you've been pitched the ball in life. Yes. And the Bible says a, a fool wakes up every Monday morning, every Tuesday, every Wednesday, and so forth. Wakes up every morning of his life without any direction. Yeah. He's just scattered. Yeah. You ever known somebody that's just scattered? Yeah. You can meet him in two, the year 2003, bump into him in the year 2023, and nothing's changed except they're older, uglier, tired, <laughs> Weary, and you say, what you doing? Same thing I've always done. I'm busy. I know it may not connect with everybody because it is sports, but are you moving the ball down the field in your life? Are you gaining any kind of ground? Are you got some yards under your statistics? Or are they negative? Or are they worse than negative? Or are they just stagnant because what God's wanting you to do in your life is take the ball that he's given you he's given you a design he's given you a purpose he's given you a destiny and he wants you to move your life down the field that brings blessing without that it's going to bring stress because you'll live your whole life scattered someone say that's good preaching you mean coaching Never mind. Get it. <laughs> Let's put these into practice this morning. If we have a better life presented to us, better to have less of what matters more than a lot of what doesn't matter. If, if, if better is living on design and if better is, is doing the right things and not just more things, then how do I make the change in my life to what's better? One more time, what do you like better? The blessed life or the stressed life? life. Yeah, that's what you like. So why don't we have that? Let's put these into practice. They're in your notes. First thing we have to do is take a break, call a timeout, take a break, step back with a cup of coffee, a glass of sweet tea, milkshake, whatever it is you like, 
all three, take a break and evaluate your life and ask yourself, where am I putting all my time? Where am I putting all my energy? Where am I putting all my money? Where am I, where am I at? Evaluate. Take a break and evaluate your life. You can be doing it right now in this sermon. But you want me to tell you where most people do it? At the unfortunate thing called a funeral. Most every single one of us will attend a, attend a funeral and most every one of us will have the same thought in the next funeral you attend. You'll be sitting there hearing about your loved one or your coworker, possibly your family, and you'll sit while the preacher's doing his best to console and give words of comfort and the whole time you'll be thinking about your life and how you need to make change. Because what happens at a funeral is you have this wake up moment and you realize that you have less days to live today than you did yesterday. At every funeral, you put it together. It's like all of a sudden you got smart and you realize I've got less days to live than I did yesterday. Paul says in the New Testament, your life is like a vapor. It's like a mist. You see it and then it's gone. Here's what the scriptures tell us in the book of Psalm, chapter number 39, verses four through five. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, that my life is fleeing away. My life is no longer than the width of my hand and an entire lifetime is just a moment to you, God. Check this out. Human existence is but a a breath. I'm not trying to take you down. I'm trying to bring you up and out of stress. The quicker that you realize where you're spending all of this time and effort and finance and interest and energy, you can then go to the next step. Once you evaluate, now you have to start eliminating. You evaluate and then you eliminate. In your notes, I put it like this. Now it's time to make the break. If you have evaluated your life, if you've taken an inventory of your life and you see that you're spending so much time in an area that's not productive, it's not bringing production in your life, then what you have to do is make the break from it. And to, this is the hardest point of the sermon. Everybody listen to me. You're gonna have to start using a word that no one wants to use. And that word is no. Yes. No. When's the last time you've told somebody no? Because in our culture, you can't use that word. Can you serve on this committee? Yes. Can you play on this team? Absolutely. Can you go on that trip? When we're leaving. Can you support this call? You take a check. It's yes to everything, yes to everyone, yes at all times, yes, no questions asked. Our culture is a yes culture. But ladies and gentlemen, can I preach to you for a minute? Listen to me now. Everybody catch this this morning. Our culture is a yes culture, but ever since the, just the days of creation, God has always given the commandment, no to culture. Yes to his word. Yes. 
No to the things of the world, yes to the things of God. No to the darkness of sin, yes to the light of the gospel. You cannot have it all. You can't be a yes to the things of the world and yes to the things of God. Now you're double-minded and you're unstable in every area of your life. And trust me, when you're living unstable, you're under stress. You've got the weight of the world on you because you love God, but you love this world. You want God, but you want this world. You're attracted to the things of God, but you're attracted to the things of this world. You love the thought of your future in God, but boy, you love the past of the world. And you're in this tug of war match and you want it all. And when we, I didn't say this in the first service. It's not in your notes, but I'm gonna say it to this second service because this service, you need to hear it. And this is strong preaching to you, but you better be careful of a modern day faith-based comment that you can have it all because that is not found in scripture. And there's a lot of churches, and this is not me trying to beat anybody else up. I'm trying to protect you. You can't live like the world and have God at the top of your life. You can't do it. You can't do it. And I don't want to have to walk down every pew and dot every I and cross every T and tell you what's wrong. You know what's, what's wrong because you're struggling it with your conscience. And this old world that we're living in, and I know this is kind of more of a nine o'clock service type of preaching, but I feel led right now to tell you I know what this world tells you. The world says, man, it's all right. Just, man, things are different these days. Times have changed. No, no, no. Times have changed. Yes, but this word of God's not changed. And you're gonna have to figure out, if you wanna be out of stress, you're gonna have to put God at the top of your life. You're gonna have to say no. Psalms chapter number 90. Verse 12 in the Living Bible says, teach us to number our days. Recognize how few they are. Check it out. Listen, help us to spend them as we should. How are you spending your days? Are you spending them as you should? You're gonna have to learn to say no. Let me give you a few things that I think we should all say no to. Some of this is gonna apply to you. Some of it's not, but I think it's all, it's all good preaching right here. We're gonna have to say no, and I know this is counterculture, man. If the grain of this carpet was going this way, this is going against the grain of culture, and that's to say no to debt. Say no to debt. On average, Americans are spending 117% of their income. Man, I'm from Louisiana, and I know that's weird math. Y'all 10 times smarter than me. And I even know that ain't right math. I mean, I just said ain't. That ain't right math. How do you spend 117% of your income? I got $100, but I just spent 17 more. How's that add up? It's called debt. Because you know what our culture says? Man, just pay it off. You know what our culture says? Oh, you bound to get you a raise in a few months. You know what our culture says? Man, when the economy changes, there ain't no telling what's gonna happen for you, brother. So we just run out there and just swipe it, or now we chip it. (laughs) That dang chip, that's gonna take us from five years in line to like seven. Uh 
Chip, are you tracking with me this morning? Are you listening to me? Say no to debt, man. Well, Pastor Tom, I don't know how. Well, it's perfect timing. Because when this service is over, you're going to walk yourself right out to that lobby. And you're going to find Kim Law. And you're going to sign up for Financial Peace University. It starts the week of the 11th. Well, what's that going to do for me? Get you out of stress. How? Because it's going to help you get you out of debt. Because you're going to submit yourself to the Word of God. And you're going to submit yourself to some coaching Because obviously you don't know all there is to know about money management. This goes back to a pride factor. I don't think I need that. You you borrow in 17% of your future, but you don't need that. You need math help, my brother. So get signed up. Be a part of financial peace in the fall. Here's another one. Say no to busyness. But we can't. He's bound to be a professional baseball player. He's six. But man, you haven't seen his arm. I have. It's this big. And what you don't know is he don't like it as much as you. Say no to busyness. Yeah, but my grandma played the trumpet my mama played the trumpet. Now she's going to play the trumpet. She hates the trumpet, man. Deal with it. She don't want to play the trumpet. But they need me. They don't need you. You need to be needed. That's your problem. Man, y'all want to go home. Y'all gonna go home. I, I warned y'all, this is gonna be, mm, mm. This brother being preached hard, so he got both feet up on the pew. Y'all ever heard people getting the toes stepped on? That brother's like, how old are you, man? He's 11, he says, I gotta get my feet up off here because he's preaching to me at 11 years old. Hey, put your feet back up, for real. I don't, I, that ain't bothering me. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just having fun with you. Don't bother me a bit, man. Say no. No needs to become your favorite word. How you doing? No. Well, well, I was just going to, no. What's wrong? No. Pastor Tommy, I was thinking, mm-mm. mm Can y'all go? Mm. Mm. Unless you got a winning lottery ticket, the answer's no. (laughs) Are you tracking with me? Now, if your wife calls, say yes. (laughs) I got to move on. Man, it's the hardest word to say, isn't it? Once you evaluate, then you can eliminate, and then you execute. So we're going to take a break and evaluate our lives. Then we're going to make a clean break for some things. We're going to start cutting ourselves away from some things. We're going to start saying no. We're going to start saying no. And then 
we're going to host, accommodate, welcome, entertain, put our arms around. We're going to host what matters most. So I'm going to stop and I'm going to check my life out. And if I find some areas that are not producing for me, if I find some areas that are not bringing fruit in my life, watch this. If I find some areas that are not helping me get to where God's wanting me to be. Matter of fact, I'm gonna say it this way. If there's errors in your life, even if they're not hurting you, if they're not helping you, do you really have to have them in your life? So after I evaluate, I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start clipping. I'm gonna start saying no to some things. Even there's things that I really wish I could. I've got a bigger picture than the now. I've got a vision for my life. I'm going somewhere special. I'm getting to that sweet spot that debt-free spot, that happily married spot, that healthy family spot, that spot that is blessed and not stressed. And I'm gonna say no until I can get there. And then when I get some things off of me, I'm gonna start welcoming what matters most. And I'm almost done this morning. Let me tell you what matters most. God matters most. I've said everything I've said this morning to tell you this point. The way out of stress is when the world matters less to you than God. Clap your hands. Because whether we knew it or not, whether we intended for it to happen or not, this is what naturally happens. When we start wanting money more than God, he takes second seat. When we start wanting acceptance more than God, he starts taking second seat. When we start wanting materialism more than God, he takes second seat. And now what we've done is we've gotten our eyes fixed on the stressed life more than the blessed life. God should matter most. Matthew chapter six and verse 33, seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you. All these things are gonna come into your life. They're gonna be added unto you, King James Version says. They'll be added unto you if you have the right priorities. You gotta focus on what matters most. God matters. Somebody said it this way when we were all younger. You can take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Last Sunday, Denora introduced our church to a brand new song, and it was so beautiful. One of the lyrics says, there's no one that can bring me peace, that can wash me clean like you, Lord. There's nothing in this world that can free me. You saved my soul. Where is God at in the mix of your life? So whenever you evaluate, where's God at? Is he at the top? Second thing that matters most, people matter. And newsflash, a selfless life brings a stressless life. Galatians chapter five 
Serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting, if you keep on devouring each other, watch out or you're gonna be destroyed by each other. The only thing going to heaven is people. I'm so fortunate. I have a wonderful truck I drive. But guess what? That truck's gonna be rusted out and in a landfill one day. I'm wearing a suit today. I've got a wedding to do in a few hours and the groom asked me specifically to wear a Navy suit. I've got my nice Navy suit on, but guess what? This suit, as nice as it is, it's gonna be frayed. It's gonna be stained. It's gonna be thrown away one day. But every person that I lead to Jesus Christ will live forever. Every person that you make an impact on in your life will live forever. But what do we do as a culture? Where are we getting all this stress? We don't care about people. We're going to step on people. We're going to backstab people to get more, 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 more. We don't care about people. We care about one person, one person only. It's me, me, myself, and I. It's the things of the world. But if you and I would focus on other people, we'll find our stress going down and our blessings going up. Somebody say amen. And last but not least, I want our prayer partners to come quickly. Uh, I thought I was going to preach shorter in this second service, and I didn't. I, I didn't. I preached a little long. I want our prayer partners to come. Because this last point, ladies and gentlemen, if everybody can just focus up here real quick, I need, you, I need your attention. Want me to tell you what matters most? God matters. People matter. Are you listening this morning? Eternity matters. This is where our stress comes from. It's all about the here and the now. That's why we're running. That's why our days go by like a runner and we have no joy to show for it because we're running all about the now. I've got to get there by this time. I've got to do this by that date. It's all about the now, 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 now. I've got my retirement date locked in. I've got to save as much money as I can. Oh my gosh, it's all about the now, all about the now. And... It's almost like we've forgotten that this is all going to be over one day. And I want you to look me in the eye and I'm going to do my best to look you in the eye as difficult as it might be in a crowd this size. And I want to ask you this question. Do you know where you'll spend eternity? Because the quicker that you settle your eternal destination, the quicker you're going to get out of stress. You could be a great money manager and never have another debt in your life. But there's a sin debt that'll weigh you down worse than any, any credit card debt known to man. And just as you need to get out of debt fiscally, you need to get out of debt spiritually. And the Lord Jesus Christ loved you enough to give his life for you. To tell you that out of all the things in this world that you have to worry about, 
and stress about and be concerned about. This one you don't. Because I am the way, the truth, and the life. And if you'll come to me, I'll bring you to heaven. I ask you this in closing. Where will you spend eternity? Because your first step out of stress is settling your salvation. I want you to stand this morning. This altar call is for a twofold reason. And without anyone moving around, I'm going to ask you to stay with me for a minute. I want you to stay. This is a very critical Sunday. This altar call is being given. If you need to give your life to Jesus, you need to have your sins forgiven, and you need to have your name written in the Lamb's book of life. If you need to be saved, this is your day. And these prayer partners, if you're one that wants to give your life to Jesus, in just about 30 seconds from now, I want you to quickly come and I want you to tell them, tell me about Jesus, lead me to Jesus, and they're gonna lead you. But then this other part of this altar call is I don't want you to go to a prayer partner. I want you to come to what is called the altar, and that is just the front of this church. Well, why do I need to go? Because I know that you're here today, and I know you're ready to eliminate some things out of your life and you need to consecrate yourself to the Lord. There's some of you, you need to take the hand of that wife or the hand of that husband. There's some of you that need to come and get the hands of your children, your students. And you need to say that Pastor Tommy preached to us as a family. And as tough as it's gonna be, we're gonna have to start saying no to some things. We're gonna be making some critical decisions because our life is too short for us all to be at each other's throats and for all of us to be so edgy and for all of us to be so stressed. I'm tired of the stress in my house. I'm tired of the weight that I'm carrying. I'm tired of this heaviness. You ought to get your family today. You ought to get your wife or your husband and say, man, I don't know how we're all gonna do it, but I know it's gonna start today. We're fixing to be set free from the things of this world. That's all right. Come on right now. That's fine. God's gonna do something in your life. That's called, a, that's called a want to. That's called somebody that's had enough of stress. That's, that's, that's called somebody that says, man, I'm done. I don't even need a preacher to tell me it's time to come. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm out. I'm, I'm done with this thing. I'm ready to live blessed, not stressed. If you need Jesus as your Savior, find a prayer partner. And if you want to eliminate some things off your life, I want you to come. Father, right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray specifically over these that need Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Let them come. Let them agree with a prayer partner and let them give their heart to Christ. But right now, Jesus, I pray over every couple, over every family that needs to be delivered from this crazy world stress. Let them be free from it. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And let everybody say amen. All right, the altar's open. Come on, come on, the altar's open. Lift your voices.